by Partyfish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all around the world. Film starts here at Nifty 2018, presented by Oculus from Seattle, Washington. My name is Robert Spiewak. I'm one of the programmers of Nifty, and I'm sitting here with the filmmakers of a couple films in the festival this year. Our Strand, playing in the, uh, it was the Friday night short screening, right? And uh, Minstrel vs. Puppet, which is in our closing night American Dream screening. Welcome, guys. Let's go down the line and introduce yourselves. Thank you. Uh, I'm Sam Howells. I was the colorist on both of these pieces. Uh, my name is Brandon Hoig. Uh, I shot both of uh, the films today. And I'm Marcus Aubin. I, w I directed both of the projects. Right on. It's great to have you guys here. Um, so let's start. Um, let's just we'll do we'll do we'll talk about one at a time. So let's um, let's start with. Talking about our strand, um, the, let's um, give like a little bit of a synopsis, just like a rundown of the film, a little bit. And just, just tell us about it. Sure. Uh, our strand wasn't even. I mentioned it in the Q and A after. It wasn't even meant to be what it was. Mm -hmm. um, Brandon and I had a totally different project um, in the works for about like almost two months. Would you say, man? Yeah, like, no, I feel like it was longer than that. We had a we had a project going on for a good period of time that was called Warmth. Mm -hmm. um, it was a period piece that relied heavily on a location with a retro freight train, uh, and we had one that was close to what we wanted, but not quite, but good enough to make the movie. It dropped on us like a week in advance um, for unforeseen reasons, and we basically. We're stuck in a situation where we had all this gear rented out, we had talent cast, yeah. we had a crew ready to go, um, but no location. And without that, we didn't have our original movie. So we decided to scrap warmth and rewrite a new script. Yeah. Um, and then about a month earlier, uh, my father was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, he fortunately is no longer, uh, he's, he's, he's cancer free now. That's great, that's great. Thank you. Um, but I was thinking about what can I write so last minute that is uh, not too cheesy where it feels like it was conceived mm -hmm. in like a week uh, but also that's going to be powerful enough that hopefully I can do something with it yeah. and then you insert Our Strand which is about a girl who has to tell three important people in her life um, some unfortunate health news mm -hmm. and you learn throughout the course of the film that she has that she has cancer mm -hmm. um, we don't ever specifically say that she has cancer and um, I think that's the kind of the, the um, goal behind the whole piece is to can, is to talk about an illness and talk about like telling three important people in your life that you have this illness, but um, never directly say I have this illness. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that was kind of the way we decided to go about it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and so yeah, I I've, um, I I think we're at the, we're at the point where I think that most people you know have some contact with someone that has gone through or is going through cancer. And so, um, like, I found that really powerful as someone who has family members that have dealt with cancer. And so um, I think that, like, the strength of keeping it ambiguous, though, like, makes it so, you know, really, like, anyone can, um, like, get that emotional impact from the film. I think that's really that's really great. Nice. Um, and so what was, um, what was, was that, like, was there a decision be beyond that, like an intention beyond that of keeping it that ambiguous and not specifically stating cancer? I think that one of the ideas that we started from warmth um, and really like took with us to our strand is just this idea that uh, people can take away from it whatever like they had going on at the time mm -hmm. or whatever um, spoke to them. Um, so I think like for certain people, you know, it could mean different things and I think that's 
that's something that's really cool about it. Um, I don't know if that answered the question. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was going to kind of ask, um, like, I, you have a very, like, Marcus, you have a very personal connection to the film, obviously. But yeah. um, what about you guys? Like, did you feel um, like you, what, what, what did your role feel like, um, I guess, I guess joining the project that, you know, was so, um, you know, was directly influenced by somebody in Marcus's life? Like, how did you guys find your ownership in it? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, yeah. No. Totally. Um, I think. Uh, I think one of the, the. Like the big thing too. Um, I guess I'm gonna answer this in two parts. Uh, the big thing I felt like in the situation is, um, sometimes as like a DP, and so Marcus and I have worked together a lot, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes as a DP, it like feels like, uh, you're sort of like a like a therapist or like a bouncing mat or like something mm-hmm. of ideas <laughs> for like the director yeah and um like uh i felt like it was my sort of my role to stay like like grounded in the situation and like i know marcus was like freaking out when the location at warmth <laughs> dropped and i was like yo like all right let's make something positive out of mm-hmm. it and then he was like yeah yeah you're right and kind of ran with the idea and you know made something that i think is really special with it um so, you know, I think my connection to it was, uh, it, it was, like, I really wanted to help him be able to, like, express this thing that, you know, was going on in his life. So just being supportive of, like, other people's voices, mm-hmm. I think, is really important. And sometimes when you're just being supportive of other people's voices, um, that allows uh, other people to find small connections and things and allows you to find little ways to become connected mm-hmm. um, as long as you you know you keep yourself open to supporting those voices yeah Brandon's had my back for, for <laughs> all these for me I, I, I have a freak out like once a project it, it's just a, it's just a given and, and like Brandon's usually the one to bring me down to earth and mm-hmm. uh, let me know it's gonna be all right we're gonna find a solution so. yeah it's yeah. awesome yeah um, Sam did you have any He's you're, being you're just working. He's, you're he's just being, doing this the work. This is one of the first projects that Sam ever colored. Yeah, talk about that, bro. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's probably the second project colored. So you guys kind of just let me run through with it. Um, <laughs> frankly, I'm not sure if I knew how to take much direction in the way of color at that point. Um, but uh, yeah, I just kind of did what felt right, and mm-hmm. I guess they didn't have any objections with it for the most part. <laughs> or maybe we didn't even know what, what to say. I maybe I probably didn't even know yeah. what to tell you. We've come a long way since then. I was then. like, wow, um, that looks nice. With our <laughs> project, I think we, we definitely owned it on what we were trying to do a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say just to the, um, the color of the film, like, because there's kind of like, it's kind of three, you know, interweaving different conversations. And so yeah. I think that, um, I think that there's something to pick up there in the color um, where all of them are kind of a little different, like the, the feeling and environment of each of those scenes with, um, I forget I forget the main character's name. Uh, Parker. Uh, Parker, yeah. Um, her with the teacher and then her with her uh, the boyfriend and her with her roommate. Um, they all, um, there is like a little mini emotional arc to each of those mm-hmm. relationships. And so I think that, you know, I think the color does like help enforce that really. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and so um, I know that um, the the actress is here with you too, right? Or I mean, not in this room, but um, yeah. she's at the festival, right? She's here on the trip with us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it, 
did, how was working with her um, and, you know, dealing, you know, with those really, really heavy, like, emotional tones? Well, Emma's a pro. She, uh, I saw her in a uh, DePaul's rendition of Romeo and Juliet mm -hmm. um, just in the audience, and I was, I was blown away. I, yeah. I, and it was actually a... Um, it was a more modern take on Romeo and Juliet. It was a uh, queer version, so it was like okay. it, was, it was it was a lesbian um, take on Romeo and Juliet. She played Romeo, mm -hmm. um, and I was just blown away. It was just like it was something I had never seen before. You know, yeah. everyone's seen Romeo and Juliet, but mm -hmm. she played it so uniquely, and I was like, wow, this is this is incredible. So. Um, she had no social media at the time, so mm -hmm. it was kind of like a wild goose chase to like get a hold of her. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have an email. I didn't have. I like remember running into someone that I thought might know her, and I was like, "Do you know Emma Page?" And then she was like, "Yes," and I was like, "This is weird, but I wanted to act in one of my films. Can you give me your number?" Mm -hmm. And then um, she was supposed to lead in warmth, um, and it, it it just shows that her professionalism that she was able to drop that role, mm -hmm. learn all new lines that I wrote within a week's time yeah and then she's just a natural um all the raw emotion that she displayed yeah, it's yeah. that that's just her raw talent and um i really think she's gonna go far that's awesome yeah, yeah. no and i mean it's it was it's it, it is it, it's a powerful performance in the in the film yeah. you're right um and so um what was uh, beyond um just looking past you know kind of having to create a new project out of of a different out of a different one um like what was once you had settled on doing um our strand what was the like biggest challenge um once you like kind of committed to doing that mm -hmm. um do you remember any specific challenges i remember <laughs> we got into a fight at one point it wasn't a fight it was a minor disagreement um the, one of the biggest challenges was we didn't really have necessarily the locations locked on one of the days that we were filming we had our first location locked where mm -hmm. we shot in the classroom and then when we were going to shoot the boyfriend scene we didn't have we didn't have the location locked yet and uh we were supposed to shoot it outside by the lake yeah it was just supposed to be like gorilla style like go to lake lake michigan and just shoot mm -hmm. like the whole conversation was supposed to be like on the lakefront yeah mm -hmm. yeah and then it poured it absolutely oh, downpoured yeah. Like yeah. A monsoon <laughs> and so that option was out, out the window. And um, then we went to Emma's. Emma was like, I have an apartment. We could just shoot there. And we're like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so we packed our bags and had a company move over to Emma's apartment. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And just kind of reworked the scene to be an interior in the house. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I think it works. And then they also have the, the scene um, at the end where they're under the under the train tracks. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of on the fly, too, because originally they were supposed to scream out to the lake. Yeah, sure. Um, but then we're like, obviously yeah. we can't do that. Actually, <laughs> there's a crazy story with that train thing, because so we ran out there, and it had, like, just stopped raining, like, ten minutes before, probably, and we're like, damn, we got to go for this quick, like, before uh, it starts raining again or something. And so we just had, like, a sky panel and the camera out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, then... We heard from like one of the neighbors comes out oh my and God. is like, "Hey, like, be careful of this other neighbor, because they like come outside with a shotgun all the time and like oh get people God. off their lawn." Yeah, the and best. so we had like this generator <laughs> Sam, running. Same colors. He didn't. He's not heard any of that. <laughs> and so we had this generator running like on their yard to power the sky panel, and we're like trying to shoot it as fast as we can. But the trains only come every seven minutes, like at uh -huh. that time of night. Yeah. And we were like, wait, are we going to get shot by this guy? Like, trying to yeah. get this I this think, scene? Um, I think 
uh, on my my AD Cisco actually had to like come and just like make sure that nothing happened because I think we saw him like peeking out at us looking out oh his window. Goodness. And then you add that on top of like half of our crew was soaked because like loading into the apartment it was mm-hmm. like that was at the peak of the downpour. We had to like find parking for our truck. Sure. And that was it was just so on the fly. So that whole day was just like yeah pretty hectic. Shout out um, to that crew though. Yeah. Shout <laughs> that out to crew is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I could talk about that crew for days. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's 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 awesome. I mean, that's terrifying, but it's, it's yeah. <laughs> you, know, you move you move on, and you've got a story. Um, so uh, your sc- your film screen last night um, in the uh, Friday Night Shorts block. Um, how like what expectations did you have, and how did how did the screening go? Man, it was in the an, audience for it. It was an honor to screen with those other films. There were some really powerful pieces in yeah. there. You know, it was a really strong block. Yeah, oh yeah it was a really strong block might have been the strongest of the day that I saw personally mm-hmm. um, so it was just an honor to be in that group of other yeah. films um, I was I was blown by like the quality and the raw emotion yeah. vulnerability that all the filmmakers put into those projects um, yeah do you guys have anything to add to that yeah. it's like a weird thing um, like screening at festivals when you get nervous because there's literally nothing that you can do anymore like sure. you're so past the point of being able to do anything anymore but during you're the Q&A nervous. you're like <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but no it was really cool and uh, the theater one that we were in is mm-hmm. it's a really nice theater and a lot of people there, so I thought it was really cool. Awesome. The energy was great too. Like people were uh, like chanting during like the festival trailer before the screening <laughs> oh, yeah. started. Oculus, <laughs> Oculus. <laughs> everyone was just like the energy was great in there. It felt Shout like a really Oculus. safe environment. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Oculus. <laughs> they, they get their shout outs. That's, um, that's great. That's great. That's good to hear. Um, so let's um, let's transition. Let's talk about minstrel versus puppet a little bit. So um, let's kind of start in the start at the same point. Um, uh, which so this film hasn't screened yet when we're recording this. Um, it'll be in American Dreams at the end of the festival. But um, just tell us tell us a little bit. Give us like a quick synopsis of minstrel versus puppet. Yeah. So it's also kind of a funny story how minstrel versus puppet came to be. Um, the lead actress and writer Hannah Bonecutter, who's mm-hmm. also here. Um, at the festival for the weekend. Uh, we worked on a feature that I made in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, she was an actress in it. She just played like a supporting role. Um, and kind of, we just kind of fell off the face of the earth, um, never talked for like three years. Wow. And then one day I'm on the train and I see an ad for a TV show and she's in it. And I'm like, oh my God. So I pull up my phone and I like send her a snap, like, this is you. Like, you're, <laughs> like, you're on the train. And then. I guess just the timing worked out because a week later she reached out to me and said, I want to make this spoken word poetry piece. Yeah. Do you still direct movies? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> and then she's like, well, would you consider being my director for this? I have this spoken word poetry um, about a woman of brains and a woman of beauty, both women of color. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking to art- art- artistically tell this like binary conflict between yeah. these two women going at each other, basically saying everything they dislike about each other. Um, and dislikes putting it lightly. It's 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 pretty aggressive language. Yeah. Um, but she wanted it to be done in a creative and artistic way, and so I just kind of took her, uh, took her poetry and took her intentions and created sort of a. I hate to call it a narrative. It's not really a narrative, but I kind of created a piece around it that mm-hmm. encapsulated what she was going for. Yeah. Well, I mean, it plays out like a conversation, right? It does. Of yeah. Where of yeah. these of almost like do your two sides of the brain. You yeah. Know, arguing with each other yeah um and so what was um 
uh, as the as the director and as someone who, I mean, not necessarily. Maybe you maybe you share that experience too. But um, I mean, I'm assuming it's primarily Hannah's you know experience, and that's the that's her speaking. It. Yeah. And so, um, how did how was the collaboration there of you know making sure that you were representing her well? Yeah, you know, 2018, I told myself I want to get out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, I started, when I first started directing movies on like a serious level, they were all really close to me. Mm -hmm. um, but Mitchell vs. Puppet was one of the first ones that really, I really didn't have too much personal connection to at all. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was, uh, confusing. It was kind of vulnerable. Um, I relied on her for a lot of things, but I also tried to harness what I knew I was good at and um, find the right people to, to, to help me, which is why I got Brandon and Sam on it mm -hmm. like right away. Um, because I knew that it needed to, like, since it was so personally tied to her and yeah. it was her words, what that was locked in. There was there was no really changing that. Sure. So I could, as a director, I could influence the performance specifically um, and the visuals and the pacing because mm -hmm. uh, I also cut the film. Okay. Um, so I knew right away I had to get Brandon on it and to make it, look look nice um you want to you want to speak on that a little bit <laughs> um yeah uh, Marcus sent me uh, I think in the early stages the um the idea that they had talked about was doing uh they wanted to shoot in like an artist space I believe and do like uh like one of those like VFX split screen type things and mm -hmm. have like two people on each side of the screen where you just like composite in later um and uh, we started like talking through it and like we listened to uh, like a demo recording of the poetry and stuff and as we like brainstormed ideas it like kind of brought up that she's addressing her other self in it mm -hmm. and so we could do like uh, two different locations uh, that represent each person that they're in and then yeah. have them communicating to one another through the screen direction and mm -hmm. their eye lines um, so, you know, really on, on set, getting, checking those, that screen direction and those eye lines was, you know, really important to make sure that they were connected as they were, like, addressing each other. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, we, Marcus had uh, a bunch of really good ideas about, like, some of the cutaway scenes mm -hmm. um, where uh, the minstrel is looking in the mirror. Yeah. I, I wanted them both to look in mirrors. Um, I had the puppet, you know, hanging like a puppet mm -hmm. from those strings. Um, I had the idea with the puppets uh, being in front of that wall that starts to, like, deteriorate behind her. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, like, I just tried to in incorporate artistic cutaways to uh, add some relief from just straight, you know, conversational shots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it worked. Um, I think it, I think it works. Um, and then I, I think also like uh, Sam with with um, similar to our strand, you know, it's two, you know, two sides of the same coin. And so, um, was there any specific anything you did wanted yeah. to do with the color that kind of helped enforce that? For sure. At this point, I definitely felt a lot more um, confident mm -hmm. in kind of my relationship with these two um, that we've kind of worked on everything together yeah. <laughs> um, and at this point yeah it was definitely kind of, well, I mean the palette's you know blue and red um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not necessarily good versus evil by any means but just two very kind of conflicting colors um, and really wanted to drive those home um, kind of, you guys set me up pretty well though with the <laughs> the 
You're downselling yourself, man. You you got creative with this one. Yeah. yeah. I remember um, I remember specifically you were on the phone with me telling me that you wanted to do something a little outside the box. Yeah. I mean I, I guess I pushed it a little bit more, but um there's definitely a lot of warmth in the interiors to begin with and then the the artist space with the huge bay windows while it's snowing out. It's like very cool. Yeah. Um and I just knew that those two would work very well in kind of setting up the piece visually. Um uh yeah, I mean the spaces kind of lent themselves to it a little bit too, because uh, the we shot at like a an Airbnb or something in Pilsen, um, for which is like a, a Hispanic neighborhood on the south side of Chicago, um, and uh, it was like this really beautiful space that had all the like wood paneling, and mm-hmm. so a lot of the tones in there just kind of lent themselves to that anyway. So we kind of embraced it. Um, and then uh, it was an artist space in yeah, it Gold was, Coast. It was this, yeah. It was not in Gold Coast. It was just in the Loop. Oh, um, okay. But it was this beautiful artist loft, um, Airbnb as well. Yeah. So shout out to uh, my producer Vikram Bahardi for locking <laughs> in those locations, and then um, <laughs> shout out to my production designer Mark Cooper for um, making them both look nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so with the screening coming up tomorrow night, um, what uh, what do you what are you looking forward to? What do you want to see um, audiences take away from from Mister versus Puppet? Oh man, well, uh, contrasting to our strand, Mister versus Puppet has found a lot of success in the festival circuit, mm-hmm. um, which is new for me. Uh, we've we've been at DC Shorts, uh, we've been at um, Nalib, um, LA Media Fest, um, and now Nifty. So uh, yeah. I'm just looking forward to continuing that that success um i've gotten a lot of great feedback people think it's really relevant really powerful yeah it's a message that needs to be told especially for women of color you know mm-hmm. i mean obviously women in in general but women of color i think that's very important um adds more re- representation adds gives more voices to those who don't have as much voice mm-hmm. um and um i'm just hoping people take away can continue to take away those kind of things um after watching it yeah yeah Awesome. Um, well, great. Um, where can people stay up to date with your guys' work? Where can people like follow you and check out more? Um, I have an Instagram uh, that you can follow. I, I post a lot of photography, but um, it's H period E G. It's my last name, except <laughs> the the O is a period. It's very artistic. <laughs> um, and then uh, I also have a website. It's uh, brandonhoig.com. Um, and my last name is spelled H-O-E-G. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Schmowls, S-H-M-O-W-E-L-L-S, um, <laughs> which is like almost my name, but not quite. And then um, my website is samhowls.com. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Yep. My website is marcusaubin.com. Surprise, surprise. And my uh, Vimeo <laughs> is marcusaubin. So, uh, yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for taking some time out of the festival to sit and chat. It was great. It was great to talk to you guys about these films. Great to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. You bet. And thanks for listening. For more information on Nifty 2018 presented by Oculus, the talented youth, and more emerging filmmakers, check out nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at NFFTY or on Instagram at niftyfilm. For more podcasts from Partyfish Media, follow us on social media at Partyfish Media. Oh
Fish Media. Yeah.